Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast of Wildwood Church where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as his disciple. Well, welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast. We're glad to be with you again this week. As we said before, the Make Disciples Podcast is a short podcast where we're sharing thoughts and ideas around subjects that we think are helpful for the Christian as they follow Jesus. And a definition of lament, a simple definition as far as a noun goes, is any kind of passionate expression of grief or sorrow. The verb just simply means to mourn. But we've been in a crazy season between COVID and the uh, civil unrest in our country, lots of division with the election. And so right now for a believer to consider aspects and elements of lament is really important. Dan, thanks again for hosting with me this morning. What are some of your thoughts on lament? Good to be here. Uh, Lament is such an important aspect of a believer's life, but it's something that I think we can struggle with. I think that we can fall onto one of two extremes. It's easy for us to uh, go around with this, I'll call it a Romans 828 mentality, that you look at anything bad that happens in your life and you say, well, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And so we don't pause and recognize that, you know, things are actually kind of bad. And if there's any time other than, uh, I don't know, wartime uh, that we've seen anything worse, 2020 has shown us a lot of opportunities for that. So it's being honest about our situation. We should be okay, not Pollyannish about uh, the situations we find ourselves in. But it's also possible for us as Christians to consistently and constantly lament without remembering the hope that we have without remembering that we also have a God that is sovereign in the midst of it. And it may not make things better, but it does give us hope and help within the situations we find ourselves in. Yeah, absolutely. I think and into some of the passages that we see evidence first starting with Jesus, right? We see in Luke 19 that he's sitting looking over Jerusalem as he drew near to Jerusalem. It says that he wept over it and really weeps over their lack of understanding of all the prophecies and their lack of understanding of who he is. But my favorite story of lament is in John 11, where Jesus approaches Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus has died. And we get the ever famous shortest verse in the Bible, John 11, 35. Right. Jesus wept. I think that the Lord is trying to show us something there. But it's fascinating to me that he would weep knowing that literally the Lord had delayed him. The father had delayed him in coming so that Lazarus would die and his glory would be revealed. It it shows, I think, that Jesus did have an understanding of what he was about to do with Lazarus, that he was about to raise him from the dead. And so here he is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he still weeps with the sisters. It says that he looks at Mary as she's weeping. And he begins to weep. The sting of death still caused the Messiah to cry and to lament with his friends, even though his intellect and his mind, his omniscience even told him, look, just in 20 minutes, your brother's going to be with you again here shortly, probably less than 20 minutes. And I think that's a good lesson for us, especially as Presbyterians. I think we can oftentimes see people weeping and and mourning, and we can immediately jump to theology, or we can jump in this time and age, we can jump to our political stances on things and why we understand the way the world works and right and wrong, and then not feel any kind of empathy for what people are going through. And I think one of the things that I've learned is I've kind of stepped into trying to understand a little bit more about lament 
is that I don't have to agree with the person in order to lament with them. I don't have to agree in order to empathize with somebody. I can think that they're dead wrong for what they're crying about. And I can still try to get in there with them in the mess and, and understand the broken world. I, I think it's the same with us as parents with our kids. Our kids cry about things all the time that we've now further down the road go, that's not a big deal. You're, you're going to overcome that. That's, that's not a problem. But to not just drop the hammer on them, which is honestly one of my struggles early on in parenting was just to kind of football coach with them and say, Hey, you're okay. Suck it up. You'll be fine. But what does it look like as a parent to get down in there with them a little bit and try to empathize on some level uh, with them and then to help them find and see things when they kind of get over the emotional hump. But I think lament is uh, such an important thing right now for us to lament various things in our lives. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I, I agree with that with my my kids too, you know, common phrases. It's not bleeding. You'll be fine. Right. So uh, it makes it all good. Yeah. When, when I look at the scriptures and think about laments, I think about the Psalms and it's a, a surprise for a lot of people because the Psalms are a worship book. And yet when you look through the Psalms, at least 47 of them are lament. And think about the worship songs that we sing today. I mean, when you think about the top songs that are being sung in our church or in uh, churches like ours, you don't have an awful lot of songs that are depressing or in a minor key or something like that. And yet we see this focus on, well, there are tough times. I'll just give one example. Psalm 6 has phrases like, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I'm worn out from my groaning. And it gets so specific, like all night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. I mean, that makes quite a worship song right there. And I think one of the primary points we get from this is that it's okay to recognize that as part of our Christian lives, there are going to be difficult times. We want to be recognizing God's sovereignty in the midst of it, but we have to be okay in calling it out for what it is saying that, yeah, things can be tough in the middle of this. Things can be hard. Yeah. And depending on which side of the spectrum of what you were kind of talking about, if, if you kind of land on the spectrum that tends to struggle with lament rather than stay in lament, and oftentimes it's going to feel a bit dramatic. And, and I know a lot of friends that that's their struggle with reading Psalms is they really struggle with, wow, this feels a bit dramatic. But you know, we were kind of talking before even this podcast and, you know, what one of the primary objections that a lot of people have with scripture is that it's so dark and it shares some pretty harsh realities. And I think that shows us that our, our God doesn't somehow have these rose colored glasses that he sees his world with and says, oh, look at this great world I've created with. Obviously, there are special things about what God has created. There are things that we are to be extremely thankful for. But I think it's fair to see in scripture that God sees the world and the reality of, of what we feel oftentimes. And he's okay with prayers that are spent in lament, so to speak. So what are some forms, Dan, of lament that you find helpful? Well, sometimes it's just pausing. Sometimes it's pausing and reflecting on the situation and saying, you know, that this is a difficult situation. Instead of just feeling the need to push on, push on, push on, it'll be okay, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. 
we want to pause and say, yeah, this is difficult right now. And it may bring tears and it may bring frustration. All of these things, this whole concept of weeping in sackcloth and ashes. I'm not calling us to uh, change our clothes or anything for this, but uh, something like that may be useful as a time. And I also note that it's very helpful to do it with others to have a small group or people that you can come alongside with and they can weep with you and they can support you in the midst of it. And sometimes it's just sitting there. I mean, just like Job's friends, for all of the uh, interesting and destructive advice Job's friends give him, what they do incredibly well is just sit with him. In the midst of his terrible situation, they say, we're, we're here for you. And they just sat for a long time before they started opening their mouths and then things uh, <laughs> went downhill at that point. Uh, but they just sit. And so it's good to do it with friends as well. And then we can't forget looking to God in the midst of it, allowing us to recognize a difficult situation, also recognizing that God is still there in the midst of it. He may not feel like he's there, but he is there in the midst of it. Yeah, I think it's important to remember God's glory is seen in the contrast. And so if you refuse to look at what is dark in our world or to mourn with what is broken in our world, then the the hope of redemption is not going to bring any source of strength or energy. The hope of restoration is not going to bring any kind of, in a sense, you've got to get the diagnosis before you see the miracle of the healing. And I personally struggle to lament in public. Uh, I struggle to lament in a small group or in person. So for me, lament has been most successful in personal worship and writing down prayers or even praying along with the Psalms and trying to relate to what David is sharing in the Psalms. But yeah, I think it's really important that we don't, like you said, sit there, but we also recognize that, you know, just like somebody who knows their sin, if you've ever been around somebody who has not this destructive knowledge of their sin, not this hopeless knowledge of their sin, where they feel like they're a hopeless case, but they have a true, humble acknowledgement of their sin and their brokenness and their still continuing fight with their sinful nature. Typically, those people are extremely humble and they have a humility about them, but also this just joy, this not this, you know, high energy joy normally, but this just kind of rock steady hope and joy because they regularly face their sin and they lament it and they dive deep into that pit to see what's really going on so that they can look up. And when they see Jesus and his glory and they see the promise of future restoration and they see the cross and what that does for the most heinous of our sins, that contrast is, I think, really what causes us and stirs us to worship and stirs us to, to good works. Well, we wanted to share just two resources with you. There's actually a, a guy who's been writing recently pretty regularly on Lament. His name is Mark Rogop. He wrote uh, originally Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. He wrote that book with Joni Erickson Tata. And then he recently came out with Weep With Me, How Lament Opens a Door for Racial Reconciliation. That's Mark Anabwali. But that book is a fascinating read as it shares about biblical lament, uh, but also gives a real practical guide to uh, how do you lament and weep with those around us. So thanks for listening to this podcast. Hopefully that stirred uh, some interest for you just to wrestle with what is lament. How can we practice it? And we look forward to talking with you again next week.